Sinclair, Apple and DAZN are working to bring NBA, MLB and Premier League games to streaming audiences. And NBCU is looking to improve cross-platform ad measurement with a new partner, iSpot TV. Listen on to find out more. Welcome to this week's edition of Inside the Stream. This is Will Richmond from Video News, and that was Colin Dixon from Endscreen Media at the top there. Hey, Colin, how are you? I'm doing very well, Will. Thank you. And we are ready to get started. We have a couple of news stories we want to talk about first this week, and then we have a couple of stories that we want to dig into further. And you are going to get us started with some changes at Roku's interface. I will indeed. Well, I got all excited earlier this week when I saw a piece talking about changes to the Roku interface. And the piece I saw, it had this glorious live home tab and and everything, and it looked really great. And indeed, when I read the piece and then took a look at the Roku interface on my Roku here, um, they had, in fact, added a live TV item to the left hand menu. So all you have to do is click on that and you go right to this home page with access to the 200 or so live TV channels that the Roku channel provides. It has a guide, it has access to all of your live TV providers. Um, And I say I got all excited, but I was a little let down because I actually thought that Roku had added this to the home screen. Uh, but they hadn't, so <laughs> I think I think the Roku interface needs a bit of an update, and Live would have been nice to see added there. But I tell you, I'm sure that their partners are very happy to see that there, because uh, um, a lot of the smart TVs now starting to focus on Live and particularly fast channels. So quick access will keep Roku partners, Roku smart TV partners, on a par with a lot of the competition will. So, Colin, I read about it, but I actually haven't, uh, I've been sort of preoccupied in my conference this week, so I haven't had a chance to turn my Roku on. Is it enabled now? Is it something that you used? Yes, it certainly is. And as I say, you just go look at the the left-hand menu and you should see live TV right there. It's easy to find. And uh, as I say, uh, you know, Samsung and LG both have one-click access from the home screen to their live, live options. So this is a very, very important for Roku to add. Yeah. But uh, as I say, I think they should be doing more on that home screen. But uh, maybe that's a topic for another day. You want it to be right on the home screen, not a click away, it sounds like. That's right. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fair enough. Well, um, one news item that caught my eye this week that um, got some attention was that DirecTV and Dish seem to be back into merger conversations. This has been a years-long process with these two companies, and it caught my attention because it's really a sign of the times. Um, you know, it's the regulatory environment has always been unfriendly toward this deal. The thinking was that these two companies are too big to be put together. Um, but if you look back over the last four or five years, they've actually lost, um, I think, about 15 million subscribers uh, just in the last four or five years. So these two companies are far smaller than they used to be. And you know that's a, obviously a part of a broader context of pay TV not being as important to consumers as it used to be as well. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. 
with respect to sports, which you've been following. But, you know, it sounds like these two companies are back at the bargaining table again. They've been there before. Um, hasn't worked out in the past from a regulatory standpoint. But here we go again, I guess. Yeah, here we go again. And I think the, I don't know what time this is, but the nth time is the charm for this deal. I have a feeling if they can agree that this will get okay this time, they can really argue very credibly now that there is national competition from the virtual MVPDs. They've got about 12 million, 12 and a half million subscribers between them, which is uh, not quite as much as the combined company would have. But yeah, I think they can argue credible competition. So I would actually expect this to get uh, approval from regulators and it may actually happen this year. Well, let's see. We'll keep an eye. Um, But let's move on. As I just mentioned, you were... Um, our first story this week is around sports and new players that are coming in and how sports is kind of starting to leak out of the traditional pay TV world and what the implications of that are. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what you were reading about this week and why it's significant? Yeah, I, I certainly will. And one of the things that uh, is cited again and again in in surveys is how important sports are to traditional pay TV packages well and uh, actually there's some really exciting data coming out really soon um, which I which I've been looking at um, that I'll be excited to see perhaps next week which actually talks about this as well Uh, and sports does still act as an anchor for pay TV for pay TV systems but As you say, there are lots of leaks going on now, and there were three announcements in the last week that I thought were really interesting. First, uh, Sinclair Broadcasting, which is actually invested heavily in regional sports networks, Uh, and there's been actually quite a lot of skepticism about how viable they are going forward. Well, uh, you know, Sinclair is not sitting around. It is reinventing what the regional sports network looks like online and is going to be launching a new service uh, to really take account of that. And the news this week was that they actually have reached a license, uh, a new distribution agreement with the NBA that includes access to live games um, for this upcoming service. And uh, apparently... They, will, they are going to be able to provide local games, the, the games on a local basis for 16 NBA teams uh, with, this, with this deal. So I guess when you would log in with this app, that uh, they'd use your location or um, you give them their zip code or something. They'll figure out where you are and they'll let you watch your local games. You will not be able to watch out-of-market games with this deal and this this actually adds on to an agreement that they reached with the NHL for 12 NHL NHL teams so this is really beginning to shape up Um, if you live in one of those regions in one of the 16 NBA regions or 12 NHL NHL regions you'll be able to watch your local games on this service and I think the rumored rumored amount for the subscription to this service would be $20 Uh, $20 a month that is that's what they're saying so uh, this actually solves a big problem for many, uh, many local sports fans who have in the past had to rely on their local pay, their pay TV operator to provide the access to these. And 
Um, I know that they have been people have been losing access like in Colorado they lost access through their local pay TV operator to their local games so so this is a valuable service I think um, and really is an evolution of what the RGNs are going to look like online so I thought that was interesting another interesting one that came up Will was that apparently Apple now is taking its 200 billion dollars in cash that it's got sitting around and is bidding on a uh, a contract with a major league baseball to acquire rights to weekday to weekday games um this will be non-exclusive uh at least that's what the rumor is in the new york post it will be non-exclusive but uh it will give them access to to major league baseball games in in the week which will be a first for apple um, now, we've talked a lot about Apple in the past and Apple TV+. Plus. I don't quite get the strategy here. Um, no. It's, I mean, it's a lot clearer with Amazon, right? Uh, we know why Amazon is licensing football in the UK and NFL football here because it gets people to become Prime members and spend more in the Prime store. But do you, I mean, do you get it? Do you get what, what Apple's trying to do here with Major League Baseball? Well, no pun intended, but I mean, it doesn't feel like a game changer. It feels like just a little, uh, you know, just a little extra maybe to Apple TV subscribers, if it even happens, which of course, as you said, it's it's not an announced deal. It's just a rumor that's been, you know, published, so we don't put too much stock in that. But it seems like more of a dabbling thing, not really a game changer. Doesn't it? Uh, you know, the more I think about Apple TV+, Plus, the more it seems like it's a it's more of a hobby for Apple than a than a real thing but uh you know there you go so anyway there could be some major league baseball games available online and i guess the i guess the real thing to take away from this is that mlb is willing to uh, to take apple on a par with traditional broadcasters in the bidding for sports so they're clearly taking very they're taking them very seriously as well um, so, so there's that, and there's one other from Europe, and that is um, that DAZN, D-A-Z-N, is very close, apparently, to a deal with BT in the UK to acquire its BT sports business. Uh, $800 million is the $800 million is the rumored amount there. And this is really important in the UK market because BT sports has rights to the English Premier League and UEFA Champions League, all of which are hugely popular in, in the UK market. So this will be a great acquisition for zone. would give them almost a guaranteed audience in that market. And, uh, and, you know, it will be, I think, one of the first times that people can actually get access to live Premier Games, uh, live pr Premier League games uh, streamed in this, in this way uh, from an independent uh, service like DAZN. So taken all three together and the fact that uh, Amazon has picked up Thursday, Thursday night streaming rights for, for, for Thursday night football in, starting in 2023, you know, the availability of live sports online, live premier sports online, Will, is increasing, seems almost day by day. And this advantage that pay television has and this hold over consumers that traditional pay television has is eroding every day we we seem to go that seems to go by so uh, you know it could be great for sports viewers who really would like to cut the cord haven't been able to uh, now they 
maybe will in the next few years, at least if they're MLB fans or uh, NBA and NHL fans. Seems like maybe more for casual fans, Colin, not for hardcore fans. For hardcore fans, the subscription is still going to be essential, I think, to getting the most coverage for a long time to come. Would you agree? I think that's that's probably true. But, you know, this is one of these things where you just chip away and gradually all of the sports that, that a larger and larger group want to watch are available online. Now, you could argue very, perhaps successfully, that the service that pay television provides here is that you really can bring it all together under one roof. Yeah. Um, but the problem is that you end up doing what consumers have always said they hate doing, and that is paying for stuff that they don't want. So what that means is that you would have to continue to do that. You would continue to pay rather than, you know, maybe if MLB, uh, excuse me, if your regional sports are really important to you and you can get this Sinclair service of 20 bucks a month, that's probably pretty reasonable if you're a big sports fan. And you may, if that's the clincher for you, if that's why you've continued to keep pay television, and I know people in my area have said that that's why they they stick with pay television that are ice hockey fans because the Sharks, the only way to get it is on Comcast Sports Network, on Comcast's um, pay television. If you can now get that in a $20 service online, you could cut your cable, save a bunch of money, even while paying $20 for the shark. So that's the sort of equation people are running in their heads. Um, there's a, an increase of complexity, of course, uh, when you do that. But maybe it's worth it if you get to save 40 50 or $60 a month on your TV bill. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> as if we needed more reason to keep an eye on cord cutting and cord nevering, um, certainly sports leaking out would be critical. So um, so we're going to want to keep a close eye on their stories and see what really materializes out of this. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, but you had, uh, there was one interesting story that you caught, which uh, actually fits in very well with your upcoming conference, right? Yeah, well, a very big story in the industry this week is that um, NBC Universal selected iSpot TV uh, to help them with measurement. They appointed them their first quote-unquote certified measurement partner. And this is part of a much larger story about um, the realignment of measurement in TV and video in this whole streaming era and CTV era. Um, There's obviously been no shortage of uh, discomfort with Nielsen. Um, The MRC took back their accreditation not long ago, Nielsen has had some mea culpas. Um, there's been universal concern among TV networks that their audiences are being undercounted, especially during these COVID times. And of course, that translates directly into their ability to sell advertising and generate revenue. So, um, so this is a big thing. NBC Universal, as have other large media companies announced that they basically want to seek alternative currencies. They don't want to just be reliant on Nielsen any longer for measuring the totality of their 
audiences' consumption across both linear across linear uh, streaming on demand and you know wherever else their content happens to show up. So um, NBC Universal had an RFP out. Apparently, they um, evaluated over 70 different companies. <laughs> One can only imagine the amount of work that was involved with that. Um, and it came out of this for the first time um, appointing iSpot as their first measurement partner, uh, new alternative measure, measurement partner, if you will. Um, so, and that's apparently going to start with uh, doing some testing during the Super Bowl and during the upcoming Olympics. And the idea is really, it seems, to put their um, premium video on more of a par with digital's analytics uh, so that NBC Universal can compete more effectively with the Googles and the Facebooks and you know the other big digital ad providers of the world who obviously have excelled at providing analytics and uh, the ability for advertisers to you know be very nimble about changing up creative, understanding measurement, understanding what the impact of their ads are, etc. Uh, so this is, you know, kind of a, one of the early first steps in how this whole measurement and currency world in TV, which has really, you know, essentially remained unchanged for the last 70 years, is now starting to change right in front of our eyes. Yeah, yeah. This, this links pretty, in, uh, pretty well with something I heard at the TV Tomorrow show this week will um, which is uh, from my tvt it was uh, it was a measurement panel and one of the th one of the panelists said something that really resonated with me he said that the days of a single measurement standard seemed to have seemed to be coming to an end and that what we're moving towards is a plurality of measurement techniques and approaches and companies and uh, this really seems to speak very directly to that, doesn't it? I mean, NBCU, they, they put this out to bid, as you say, 70 is a, is a lot of companies. They pick multiple companies. What they're basically going to be doing, I guess, is lining them up and comparing them to figure out which ones they think does the best, best job uh, and, and helps them the most with the brands that they want to give the you know, intelligence to and which they, which they want to sell to. So it's a more complicated world, that's for sure. But uh, what do you think? It's, it, it seems to me that it ends up being more accurate um, and uh, you know, just way more useful to brands than traditional television has been in the past with, with a one-dimensional yeah, measurement. I, I think you're absolutely right there, Colin. Um, more accurate but yet more complicated. That's, yeah, yeah. I think, <laughs> I think that's the moral of the story for me. And, um, and that's, you know, sort of the brave new world that the whole industry is moving into. It's very empowering to think that, um, you know, networks are going to be in, uh, you know, video, premium video providers are going to be able to get much more uh, accurate measurement and advertisers are going to be able to target their advertising and their spending much more specifically than they've ever been able to do in the past. That's a very empowering type of um, you know, world that we're moving into, uh, but it's going to be complicated. You know, the, the, the benefit of the single currency was that uh, it you know, created a lot of simplicity. It, it wasn't perfect by any stretch, but it, it created um, you know, a universal way to buy and sell in the market. 
that um, you know streamlined the way that um, staffing and buying and selling was done. So anyway, a lot of this actually this measurement is going to be very much in focus at Video News's upcoming CTV Advertising Preview 2022 event. That'll be on the afternoons of January 26th and 27th. And again, this topic will sort of thread its way through a number of different sessions. You're moderating one on how content providers can succeed in the new connected living room. And certainly success, a big part of success is being able to measure properly and sell uh, targeted ads. So no doubt this is going to be a part of your conversation as well. Oh, yeah, it most assuredly will. And, I, you know, the interesting thing about this iSpot TV deal with NBCU is it's really going to get a, a, a big shakedown pretty darn quickly, right, with the Winter Olympics. Um, one of the things that we criticized NBCU for was the coverage of the Summer Olympics for Peacock, and they really seem to have rectified it here. So it's going to be great looking, well, great seeing how they do now that there's a lot better coverage on Peacock and uh, we'll see how ABC, NBCU Unified uh, handles that uh, that more broad base of where you can view. So it's very exciting and hopefully they'll give us some indication of how things go. Okay, and yet another thing for us to keep an eye on as we go forward. So we keep <laughs> sort of, right. we, we seem to right. keep adding to our list each week on the podcast, Colin, as there's more and more changing and evolving in the industry that you know we want to keep track of and um, help our listeners understand yeah yeah that's right um, and and of course you know we as we've talked about with this iSpot TV announcement with great measurement that they're getting online now and as we move towards better consolidation of that data into clear uh, in, into clear reports on how things are doing boy it's it's becoming a much more interesting world I think for brand marketers don't you think Absolutely, more interesting, more as we said, more complicated. Yep, yep. Uh, but a lot, but a lot more empowering for sure. Well, I think we're pretty much done for this week, don't you? We are, Colin. We're out of time. So great chatting as always, and uh, thanks everybody for listening in on this week's edition of Inside the Stream. And we will see you all again next week. Inside the Stream is a production of InScreen Media and Video News, all rights reserved.